Good morning, everyone, with Matt Harkins back at the station, behind the glass, all by himself. He'll be taking your calls at 412-928-9370, and then he'll put you on with me, and we'll talk until 1 o'clock today. So call that number, 928-9370, as we have a lot to get into tonight. You can also hit me up on Twitter, at KDPomp is that Twitter address. Big night in Pittsburgh tonight because it's Sidney Crosby's 1,000th game, and Boy, what an amazing person, athlete, uh, community provider this guy has become. And he does it all without any nonsense. Uh, he doesn't get involved in a lot of the social media parts of this. He is uh, kind of a, just a hockey robot, I guess, if you will, a guy who is so committed to his game. And I think of all the things you can say about Sidney Crosby, that is the most complimentary. The guy is certainly talented. He works hard at his craft. But whatever it is he has to get better at, he gets better at. And you can watch him after practices. You can see him, how he stays afterwards, working on just things you wouldn't expect a superstar to work on. But for him to become a superstar, he wants to be good in everything he does. And that kind of manifested itself the other night against the Islanders on the very first goal of the game. It was such a subtle thing, but it's such a Sidney Crosby thing because – the Penguins had forced a turnover. Kasperi Kapanen, who was on that top line, we'll talk about that in a second. But it was Crosby who went in front of the net and kind of curved his stick in a way that he knew he can get his blade on it. And it was so subtle, it was so fast that, you know, the original goal call was Ryan Mill puts us up there, Kasperi Kapanen, and everyone thought it was his goal until you really took a look at the replay and slowed it down to see no, no, no. Sidney Crosby got his blade on it, and it threw Simeon Varlamov off. And so Crosby got his sixth goal of the season. <clears throat> That's important because it's one of the things that Sidney Crosby does before, during, and after, especially after practice when everybody leaves the ice. He's still out there, and he's working on it. If he feels that he wants to, if you've watched enough, you know, first of all, his deflection game is off the charts. He has a way of getting to pucks. And, and he knows how to put his stick in a way angularly that it will make it deflect on goal or in goal. Uh, and, and it's pretty amazing. But that does not come without practice. It's all practice. It's all just going over and over. I always, it's such a rare commodity. But when you get the most talented guy and then you get the work ethic that's even better than those who aren't as talented, that's what you have in Sidney Crosby. Yesterday he met with the media on Zoom and he pretty much reiterated his love for Pittsburgh. He wants to stay here. And he didn't give an end date. You know, a 1,000 games, he's 33. Who knows? Maybe there's a 1,000 more in his future. He got denied probably a full season or more with David Steckel's injury in that Winter Classic game. But a 1,000 games, 33, he said, I don't have a, an age. I don't have – I just want to keep – if I'm healthy, I'll keep playing as long as I can. Well, it sounds to me like Yaramir Yager. Um, you know, he's 49, still playing hockey overseas. But – if Krosky can play at a high level for 10 more years, and who's to say he wouldn't be able to do that, given his work ethic, as long as he stays injury-free? I mean, you could be looking at uh, somebody who's completely unique in terms of games played, <clears throat> but also point production <clears throat> in those games. So Crosby, and the other thing that was good, Mike Sullivan made a, a change the other night to a line that was going really well. It was Crosby with Gensel and Rust, and yet... He decided that he needed to get probably the second line going. And the second line, of course, has been struggling with Malkin, uh, Kapanen, and Jason Zucker. So he puts Rust down to the second line. He puts Kapanen up to the first line. That's not an easy move to make when the first line was playing so well, but he did it. 
and it had an impact. And clearly, Brian Rust is a very important man on this Penguin team. You know, it's interesting. Uh, he's probably due for a pay raise. He's making $3.5 I think he has a year left on a contract. His name has been mentioned in trade talks. And, you know, if the Penguins do get to the point where they feel they have to make a trade, I'm sure a lot of people would love to have Brian Rust. But he's such an important player to the Penguins right now. You don't see that happening unless they feel like they got to do something right now for this year's team. That's the charge of Ron Hextall and Brian Burke. They'll be looking over that to see. There were a lot of good things that happened in that Penguins game from the other night. And if you have a thought about it, call me at 412-928-9370. I thought, in addition to the line switching, which helped both lines, I also think Mike Matheson continues to show you why Jim Rutherford went out and got him and then signed him. His contract, you know, it's the same as Brandon Tanev. You get these long-term contracts for guys who aren't superstars, and you're wondering, what are you doing giving six years away? Well, you know, the term never bothered me so much in Tanev's case or in Matheson's. It's, 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 it's the money, necessarily. But you see the value of Mike Matheson. He's a really good skater, and he's starting to fit better in with this team. He was a plus four the other night. He made a beautiful play off the boards to himself, and he said afterwards on a Zoom that bottom line is the uh, Islanders are good at blocking shots. The only way you free that up, he, he, he was at the point, if you didn't see this play, you should go back and look at it, and he, and he passed it to himself off the boards. It was a shot that was so wide of the net, people were saying, well, how can he make that shot? It wasn't a shot. It was a pass. He got it to himself, beat the guy to the puck. It freed up, and Teddy Bluger got the goal. Uh, I think Mike Matheson has been playing very, very good hockey. So, But the biggest item of all of that was Tristan Jari, who will be in goal again tonight. And Tristan Jari has struggled. There's no question about that. Raising issues concerning the Penguins' goaltending and how can you compete if you don't have the elite goaltending. Well, Tristan Jari has been battling in there, and you know he has a good personality, just like Marc-Andre Fleury to be a goaltender. That is, he lets a lot of stuff roll off his back. He doesn't get overly hyped about things, good or bad. That's the kind of attitude you need to play goal, quite frankly. Uh, you know, short memory sort of stuff. And Tristan Jari in his last three games has been very good, specifically his last two. Uh, 946 save percentage. He's being more aggressive. He made some plays in which the Penguins, Lucy Goosey, gave the puck away. Latang had a couple of those. Uh, so did Malkin. And... Uh, he was outstanding, and he needs to be outstanding. And he continues to play. He should play. He plays tonight. There are no back-to-back games over the next two weeks, I don't think. So they got two games in Washington next week. These are all very important. And you can say, well, you're 15 games in the season. This is not like your normal season. This is a 56-game season, which means each of these games is even more precious. The points are at a premium, and Tristan Jari will be in goal tonight. So if you'd like to talk hockey, 412-928-9370. Let me know. Uh, we were talking about Sidney Crosby, some of his best moments. There were so many. He, he's more subtle than, you know, Lemieux, where you can remember Lemieux just ripping apart defenses. I still think my favorite goal, and there are a lot of them for Sidney Crosby, it would be the one in Edmonton in overtime in which he had the puck down low behind the Edmonton net. There were three Oilers there watching him weave in and out and in and out, and then he put his stable backhand in the net for the game winner. His back end is as good as any back end in the history of the game. And that's another thing that Sidney Crosby works on, not just angles, deflections, backhands. He worry he goes out there and if, if you know, 
His defensive play isn't very good. He works at that. If his face-offs aren't very good or not as good as he wants them to be, he works at that. It's just amazing what this guy does. I think if you're a young player, you look at a player like that and you realize, I may be working hard, but I'm not working as hard as he is, and he's an elite superstar. He doesn't have to work this hard. But for him to continue to be who he is, he does. And that's exactly why he is who he is. And Sidney Crosby will get a tremendous uh, ovation from the fake fans, the cardboards, if there are any there. Or <laughs> That's the only bad thing about this. Uh, nobody's going to be there, and that shouldn't be the case. Quite frankly, Governor Wolf, we're due. Open this up a little bit. People should be at games. Uh, you've seen it in other places. You can do it safely. Uh, coronavirus cases are headed down in 44 states I saw yesterday, so it's time to, to amend that and start letting people come into games. 412-928-9370. I also want to talk about the uh, situation that is ongoing with the Steelers, and, of course, a lot of people have thoughts one way or the other on this. But it was interesting because Kevin Colbert, and, and this is why I think their best option moving forward is to figure out something with Roethlisberger, although it seems to me the, the uh, Steelers are kind of uh, laying it out there for Roethlisberger to decide. And they're trying to take him up on his word, which was money doesn't matter this year. Well, maybe looking back, to, if Roethlisberger didn't want to take what they may be willing to take, he shouldn't have said that, but he did. And they may be waiting for him to make good on that. Because this is a team, as I said, and I've said it over and over, this is whether or not you agree with it or not, uh, they do not like to throw seasons away. They try to win every single year, whatever it takes to win. And for me, if you're trying to win next year, your best option is Ben Roethlisberger. There's no other option that way. If you want to see what the future looks like, if you believe you can't compete, then you'll part company and it'll be Rudolph and... Uh, Dwayne Haskins and Josh Dobbs, and then you'll go from there. But you have a lot of veterans on this team here, too, who want to be here because they believe they can win each and every year. Those veterans may not be too happy, necessarily, with younger guys who may be trying to prove themselves. Anyway, Kevin Colbert said this as part of his uh, Zoom interview the other day, quote, the way we react to it, it's not good enough. Any season that ends without a Super Bowl is never good enough. We want to be competitive every single year. Well, again, if that's the way they think, and it's a good way to think that way. I like that. I don't like throwing away seasons. They want to win. So, to me, if that's the case, you're still your best effort as Ben Roethlisberger. And I think if you look at it, his numbers last year were pretty good. I know they faded at the end. But I also consider that he had elbow surgery. I also consider how that is difficult to come back from if you're a football quarterback and you have to throw the ball away uh, a lot down the field, wherever you throw. And he led the league in passing attempts. I think what happens here is that first year cemented in his mind that his arm's fine now. And he might be even better strength-wise, arm strength-wise, moving forward. He had 10 interceptions, 35 touchdowns. You know, if he had played in that last game over 4,000 yards. You can, you can look at it any way you want to look at it. But over the first 11 games, nobody was thinking Ben Roethlisberger wouldn't be back in 2021. In the last six, that changed. But there were a lot of reasons for that change. He was part of it, sure. Bad decision-making. Uh, but I also think they have so many issues with their offensive line, their running back. they got to change it. Can they change it in one year? They can certainly make it better, but they still have a lot of decisions. 19 unrestricted free agents coming at you. 
that's never easy to deal with. And many of them will impact the offensive line. Pouncey retires. DeCastro's getting older. Matt Filer's a free agent. Zach Banner's a free agent. Who knows if he's capable of coming back from his injury. By all accounts, he's doing fine. He would be a low-risk kind of thing in terms of a one-year contract. You bring him and say, prove it to me that you can play, and he should be able to take that, and he'd be one of your starting tackles. You're going to need to draft someone. But the good thing about the NFL, you could find offensive linemen in a lot of different ways. Dotson this year, who I thought was outstanding as a rookie, he was a fourth-round pick. There are many of the guys who are on the free agent market right now are picks that were down uh, beyond the third round, fourth, fifth, sixth round. You could find them. They've got to be very creative, but I still think they want to win. And if you want to win, to me, the best option in 2021 is Ben Roethlisberger. 412-928-9370 is the number to call. I want to remind you also that our show is brought to you by the good people of PNC Bank. Make today the day. Ireland Contracting. Visit IrelandContracting.com. And Driven in Style by Number One Cochran. Go one better at Number One Cochran. You can also follow us on Twitter, 937TheFan, driven by Jim Shorky Kia, Pittsburgh's Number One Kia dealer. Shop all three locations. ShorkyKia.com, and you can text us on the Edgar Snyder and Associates fan text line, which is 412-928-9370. Edgar Snyder and Associates reminds you to text responsibly. So the lines are open. What do you think about these and other topics? 412-928-9370. We'll be back, and we have uh, your calls and a very special guest coming up at 1225 today, an inspiring story, at least for me. I always look for inspiring stories, people who have great attitudes, people who people should follow. And I got one of those for you at 1225 today. I'm Bob Pompiani. This is the Bob Pompiani Show. And we continue live right here on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. All right, welcome back as we continue live right here, 93.7 The Fan, 412-928-9370. You can also hit me up on Twitter, at KDPomp. I want to also remind you that the Hall of Fame game is being proactive here. They uh, pretty much have said that they the game is on. August the 5th, it'll be the Dallas Cowboys and the Pittsburgh Steelers on a Hall of Fame weekend, which will see a lot of activity. Uh, they are offering a ticket package that includes a game day tailgate, seats for the game, a one-day admission to the Hall of Fame Museum. And, of course, this year, five Steelers will be representative. I'm not sure, you know, they got a couple of weekends set up for this. There's so many guys because of the pandemic last year interrupted that. Uh, but Alan Fanica, and by the way, if you haven't heard Alan, uh, he was a guest on our Pomp and Pony podcast. You can check that out, 937 the com or on Spotify, I think, I hope. <laughs> but he was really good and ta- talking a lot about that knock that he got, what he meant, how, how much planning went into it his wife Julie had to do in conjunction with Dave Baker from the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame. But you have Fanica, you have Bill Nunn, well-deserved for Bill Nunn. It's just a shame he won't be here to enjoy, but his family certainly will. Troy Polamalu, Bill Coward, Donnie Shell, those are guys who are from the class of 2020. But August the 5th is the date for that game. We continue to talk about Steelers. Uh, we're also talking about the Penguins, and eventually we'll get into the Pirates and you know what they're doing. And a lot of people don't like what they're doing, but quite frankly, uh, it's the only way I guess they're going to do business here moving forward. They're not going to spend the kind of money and. We saw what happened this week in San Diego with Fernando Tatis Jr. getting $340 million. And if you call here, tell me if you think that's a good franchise deal, because I think it is. Basically, $24 million a year for a guy whose talent is extreme, I think, for what he does. And if he stays healthy, that number <clears throat> will be lower probably than future contracts and certainly already lower than guys like Mike Trout uh, and, and Mookie Betts. Uh, 
but he's only 22, and they decided to lock him up at a pretty big 14-year. That's the longest duration contract, I think, in Major League Baseball history. Let's go out to the phones at 412-928-9370. We have Joe in Penn Hills joins us first. What's up, Joe? How are you? Morning, Bob. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. Well, listen, I was listening to the herd yesterday. I like to listen to him sometime. He's pretty interesting. And he was, it just happened, he was comparing uh, Brady to Ben. And he wasn't knocking Ben. He was just saying how it is. He says, Brady will study film like you can't believe. He always goes up to each player and builds them up to make them feel better. He uh, works out in the off season. He shows up early, goes late. He likes to practice. And he went, every one of those things I just said was the opposite of what Ben likes to do. And it was like, you know, I says, you know, I just shook my head and listened. And uh, I just wanted your comment on something like that. Well, first of all, he's he's not there to see it. So it's obviously someone's feeding uh, him that. I understand. He does a very good job, by the way. What And what I'll say to you that is that Ben Roethlisberger, I thought, came into the camp last year as the best shape that I've seen him in, even though he took a lot of flack for some of the pictures that were servicing. And I'm not sure if they were photoshopped or whatever listen he's not tom brady uh and he relies on his talent and his ability on the field and maybe he should be more diligent that way but i think it's it's served him well over a long career which will end up in the hall of fame but i don't know how many quarterbacks are tom brady maybe peyton manning you know how many guys actually take it to that level we were talking about Sidney crosby earlier these are unique traits of guys who are unique in what they do. Crosby, he doesn't have to do what he does, but he does it because he is just a, he's just he's consumed with the game. I think Tom Brady is consumed with the game too, much more so than most other quarterbacks. So, but again, uh, you know, you you can have whatever conclusion you want. I think it's been a, a terrific career. I think, again, I ask the question this way, Joe: for one year, next year. I read for you the quote that Kevin Colbert put out there, right? Right. Any season that ends without a Super Bowl is never good enough. We want to win every year. Okay. What's your best option, then, if that's the way they think in 2021? Well, I don't know. I just don't see it, and I think they should start working and going another way. But that's just me, Bob. But one other thing before I get off, that deal for San Diego was good. And the sad thing is the Pirates are going to do what they do. But by the third year of having losing records, Hayes will be in his third year heading for some other team. That's going to be the MO all the time here, Bob, and that's sad. Yeah, and I would agree. Until they prove that to be not the case, that is the case. And, you know, Brian Hayes, first of all, I'm going to just caution everyone. And, and Joe, you'd be the first I would caution if you're thinking that Brian Hayes is going to be. He may be. He may not be. He only How many at-bats did he have last year, his first year? You know, that's an extremely small sample size. And I want to be optimistic to think that he could be. I think he's a wonderful fielding third baseman. But the expectations of his offense are, some people are being extremely out of control with what the expectations are. He struggled in the minors. The thing that held him back was his hitting. Now, I hope it gets better to the point where he can be what he showed last year, which is a, a gap-to-gap hitter, had a lot of doubles. He drove the ball well. He had 301. Um, shows pretty good uh, plate awareness. They need that from him. But even if the Pirates were to sign him now, like some people are saying, you know, he's again, he's 59 at-bats into the year, whatever he is, uh, that, that's not the contract that, that I will look at as one that determines whether or not they're willing to play ball. The one that will is the next one after that. It's beyond the free agent years. To me, players 
will sign stuff prior to their free agency. They should. They're going to go through arbitration. If they find it attractive enough to avoid all that arbitration process, yeah, you could sign somebody here now for, you know, the kind of money that, again, will be determined by the franchise first and foremost. But beyond that, if he has a kind of success that he, a lot of people think he can't have, then the next contract will be the one to watch. Because typically the Pirates are not going to get involved in that. And again, it's, as I've said before, it is a choice. It's simply a choice. San Diego has made the choice. San Diego has decided, we're going to play ball. They gave $145 million to Eric Hosmer. They gave $300 million to Manny Machado. They gave $340 million to Fernando Tatis Jr. They traded for Hugh Darvish, high-priced pitcher. They acquired Blake Snell, a Cy Young winner. They're in it. People in San Diego, and of course it's the only show in town now, they're excited about their baseball. Ticket sales will go up once they allow people in, big time. And that's what I think in baseball you want to see your franchise do. Because again, there is no right or wrong way of doing it. You can do it any way you want to. There's no guidelines, there's no floor, there's no cap, there's nothing. Baseball is in shambles in my view, and I'll always say that. Because I don't like going into every season knowing that the Yankees and the Dodgers are the two teams expected to be in the World Series. That doesn't guarantee they're going to be there. But it means they have the best chance of winning each and every year. Which is why, if you look at the regular season success and track record, you will understand why baseball, in my view, is messed up. 412-928-9370 is the number to call. But the Pirates, you know, I mean, when you think about what their team is, uh, they got a lot of guys who are, are younger guys, and they're going to try to build with those younger guys. Okay, Brian Hayes is, is the number one issue. That's the guy they're going to try to build around the most. But they have a lot of other people who, in time, will be up here. Young people who need to start, you know, put up the numbers. They can't just come here and, you know, Cole Tucker's one of those guys. He was a guy who was a first-round pick. Kevin Newman was a first-round pick. You expect those guys to pan out. So far, they haven't. And that's the risk with this. It will be interesting to me to see what the Pirates do with Kumar Rocker, because he is looked at as the overall number one pick, a pitcher who could be ready for the big leagues right now. And I think, you know, for them, they're going to wait a little bit. And, and I think every team would do this. They're not going to immediately put him into the starting rotation right after the draft, because, number one, you do want to give him some time, whether that's in triple-A, double, however. But number two, they don't want to start that clock. They want to time that clock to match other guys. And I understand that, too. I have no problem with that. But notoriously, the Pirates have waited longer than most teams in promoting some of their younger talent. And if he's ready, and I believe he's represented by Scott Boros. If he is, then Scott Boros is not going to sit there and play games and say, hey, we're going to wait. We want him now. He's ready. Get up there. You know, that could be a very adversarial relationship once again. 412-928-9370. Blue Panther is on the line right now. Hey, Blue Panther, what's going on? Bob, how are you? I'm good. Why Blue Panther? Oh, Panther fan. And uh, And I guess just went with a different (laughs) stick, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I want to dial it back, you know, from the Pirate Talk to the caller who alluded to, like, Colin Cowherd's comments, right? And I guess I have a beef to pick with some of these national shock jocks like Cowherd, Stephen A. Smith, that's saying that Ben doesn't work as hard in the offseason as Tom Brady. I, I just think that's hogwash. I think that's an easy excuse to throw shots at a guy, and I think it's lowbrow, and I don't like it. I, th- I think every athlete prepares differently, and 
honestly, if you've ever played competitive sports in your life, you know how hard it is even to get to a level like that. You understand that that's not the case. I mean, he's still an elite athlete. Right. May not, he made know, it like sound, said, he made it sound like race. Roethlisberger doesn't do anything. Eats donuts and shows up for game one, you know. That's, I mean, that's disrespectful. Is is you know you can say that he's not Tom Brady, that he's not Peyton Manning, and that's fine because he isn't. He's not to that level in terms of. But beyond that, listen, I I look at what he's done on the field. You know, Blue Panther. I mean, the numbers are what they are. And again, I could be encouraged about what happened last year. Some are discouraged because of the final six. I get that. But I also think the big item for me, and I said this going into the season last year, was how is his elbow going to, uh, will it be okay or not? And, and that will determine about the following year. His elbow passed the test. It was never an issue for him. So a year later, with, you know, no surgery this season, and the, se- and the season to rest that arm and then get it strong again, I, I, for me, I don't see a problem with him coming back with the necessary arm strength to play one more year. If part of it part of it was the offensive line and the game plan. Can't have him throwing 60 times a game. If you have an established running game, then it makes him look better. They need to, they definitely need to get back to that because a lot of his success and obviously that offensive line wasn't Tampa's offensive line. I mean, big difference, right? So, I mean, there's a lot that goes into it besides Ben, but like I just have to stick up for him because I don't I don't buy that. You know, he's not working hard or anything like that. And to me, like you said, his arm. Looks pretty darn good, and a lot of it was just the game planning and the way the offense went, more than just him. Well, I do, and thanks for the call, Blue Panther, and hopefully your Panthers will win today against Florida State. You'll hear it here on the fan. I do hope that, you know, the one thing was the inaccuracies on the deep ball. That has to change. Uh, I saw enough indication that he can make that deep ball, but I thought the accuracy was another issue, and I don't know if that's related to arms or not. I, I saw enough velocity on some of his throws splitting defenders, especially in the first 12 games of the season. Let's go to Bill in New Jersey, who joins us with also some Roethlisberger talk. What's up, Bill? How are you? Hey, how you doing? Good. Um, I I love Ben Roethlisberger. I love what he's done for us. He's been a great competitor. He got us two Super Bowls. We went to three. Not too many people in a modern era can even say that unless they're New England. My thing is, it's a game of chicken right now between management and him. If he really wants to come back, you know, he said all the right things, I'll take less money, but I also can't blame him that they're gonna he wants to see what they're gonna put around him if he does do that. For me, it doesn't matter who's gonna play quarterback, because if they don't fix the old line, it doesn't matter who's standing behind there because it's not gonna go anywhere. Because if you can't run, you're not gonna win. You need to be able to block. And their draft, as boring as it sounds, the first three um, draft pick should be offensive linemen. And and the other thing, I have full confidence in Mason Rudolph. Everyone wants to give up on a guy so quick. The dude's started, what, nine games? Mm-hmm. I mean, back in the old NFL, you gave a guy five years. I think it's his time to start, and I have no problem with them. If they want to cut Roethlisberger, at least give him a chance to go hook on with someone now and be decent to the guy that took us – so far. And I think you know that's a, I think, Bill, that's a good assessment of where they are. I don't think they want to be the team that says, you're done. Uh, I think they're trying to take him up on his word and see what happens. But they got to come to some conclusion here. We're inside of a month where they owe him $15 million on a bonus for the right. roster. Thanks for the call, Bill. I am up against a break, but I appreciate that because I think that's accurate. 
and he brought up something that it may be interesting as well. If it's the Steelers' choice, and if Ben Roethlisberger isn't happy with some of the stuff that's going on, will he actually move to another team? That's something to talk about. 412-928-9370 is... Now, we want to remind you the fan hotline is brought to you by the Workers' Compensation Law Firm of Hall and Kopitas. Our show is brought to you by the good people of PNC Bank. Make today the day. Check out their new virtual wallet. It is something you got to have to make sure you're up to date with all your finances. Also, Ireland Contracting. Visit IrelandContracting.com. Number one Cochran. Go one better at number one Cochran. Also, the Shaler Wet Go has the deal for you. 50% off any car wash from February the 24th, which is Wednesday through Friday, February the 26th. Stop out to the Shaler Wet Go on William Flynn Highway to shine up your ride. Information at 937thefan.com. 412-928-9370. Back to the lines we go, and things are hopping. We have Greg in Youngstown, Ohio. What's up, Greg? How are you? Hey, boss. How's it going? It's going great. Thank you. Hey, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen with Ben. Ben and his lawyer are going to go in, his agent are going to go and talk to Rooney. Rooney's going to try to make him take a big pay cut. They're going to tell him to go shove it. Then he's going to leave. He's going to go to San Francisco and play with Shanahan. They need a quarterback. He's going to go to the Super Bowl. And then, like, Philippone and Mueller are going to have egg on their face because this guy's going to win the Super Bowl at Briscoe. And we're going to stink. And all the fans are going to want Tom when he get canned. I'm going to say what's going to happen. I can predict this right now. Ben's not coming back. I, I guarantee he's living right now with the media in town, with what uh, Colbert said. He's not coming back. Guarantee it. Well, Greg, we have it on tape now, so uh, we'll keep that in case he does, and we'll see what happens. But that is something that people have brought up, like other destinations, if things don't get done here, because he wants to play. I know he wants to play. And if things don't work out here, where would be the biggest – and I hate to even throw this out, but it is a potential – uh, question, where would be the biggest place for him to end up? There are a lot of teams that need quarterbacks, right? You mentioned San Francisco. There, It's amazing how many quarterbacks are shuffling around. That never used to be the case. But Carolina needs, a, you would think, um, New England, right? W- who's New England's quarterback moving into this year? Now that Carson Wentz has been dealt. And that's another thing. Carson Wentz, I think he's going to a place that's going to make him really, really do well, I think. You got a guy like that with Frank Wright. And if you look at the numbers when those two were together, because they were together in Philadelphia, and it made a huge difference for the performance of Carson Wentz. When Frank Wright was the offensive coordinator, that was in 2017, Carson Wentz was number one in the NFL in touchdown passes, number one in the NFL with wins, and number two in the NFL in completion percentage. He did well under Frank Reich. Now, Frank Reich is a head coach with the Indianapolis Colts. It's a team that has a good offensive philosophy. They have a good run game. They have a good defense. They have a lot of things that Philadelphia does not have right now. So this change of scenery might be very good for him. As far as Roethlisberger is concerned, though, again, I think it depends on what the Steelers really have in mind. I think they're going to try to get Roethlisberger to take a pay cut. He says he's okay with that. It depends on what it would be. Keep in mind this year, and this is sometimes confused by people, he has a cap hit no matter what of $22 million. What's left is a $19 million salary, $4 million in salary, a $15 million bonus in March. The $4 million they certainly can handle. The $15 million is something that they want 
either reworked or eliminated, or they can actually kick it down the road, which they've done many other times. That's a philosophy the Steelers have used and will continue to use, restructuring contracts, moving things down, uh, putting everything in a bonus, and then, uh, you know, because you would expect the cap to go up significantly after this pandemic is over. And this was more or less bad timing for both the Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger with a pandemic hitting in this year. I don't know if the salary cap was 215, which was what it was supposed to be, that this would be as big of an issue as it is. But it is what it is, as they say, and here we are. And now they have to deal with it. They also do have to figure out Mason Rudolph. And to those who think that Mason could be the guy, that's fine. He may very well be. I, I see nothing that makes me think he can't be effective. I don't know to what level of effectiveness. But, you know, his contract's in the same amount of years as Ben, one year left. So they got to figure out what to do with him. They brought in Dwayne Haskins. Watching Dwayne Haskins last year, you can tell he was overmatched with Washington's football team. He also had off-the-field issues, which I think you can change. You know, he has to grow up, and, and, and I think that's part of a lot what goes on with the younger people. And that's fine. He, he, he can change that. But his decision-making was not good at all, and... I think that's the one thing that, you know, the Steelers believe it was a low-risk situation, and it really was a low-risk situation. There's no reason to think that you shouldn't bring him in because the guy was a number one pick. Cost you nothing. Why They tried it with Paxton Lynch, and it didn't work out there. So we'll see. Josiah is next up in San Antonio. What's up, Josiah? How you doing, Bob? What's going on out there? You're down in Texas. How's the weather? Oh, man, it's been bad uh, on the news, uh, water, uh, just a lot. But me personally and my family, I'm kind of thankful that we haven't been affected, but there's a lot of people here who have, and it's just been terrible, man. But yeah. as, far as, as far as with the Steelers, i got to just say two things. Number one, um, with the salary, they need to be worrying about signing Mike Hilton and Joe Hayden. From Juju and the clown dancing and Connor, all that can go. And this just brings me to my other question. T.J. Watt, I still haven't forgot what he told Tomlin. He disrespected him, and if I'm the Rooney, I'm saying, hey, shut up. We, we don't care if you want J.J. Watt. Your other brother, Derek Watt, he's not really effective. They aired Roosevelt Nix out. And Nix, to me, was a little bit more solid than Derek Watt. So, J.J. Watt, I'm sorry. I want no part of him. And my other question is this, too. I kind of miss the old Ike Taylor and Deshae Townsend days. I mean, these were solid players. Who didn't give you this crap every day? I mean, don't you get sick of hearing these guys complaining like little kids? Well, yeah, I do, and it's all social media driven, and people have to go public with all of their complaints, and it's ridiculous. But that's where we are right now, Josiah. That's the way it is. And as far as J.J. Watt, unless it was an extremely small salary, I'm not interested either. They have bigger fish to fry than him. Uh, they got to go out and figure. And plus, he seems to indicate he's going to go to Cleveland, so we'll see how that works out. But uh, it will be interesting. This off season, like they always do, never disappoints. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate it, and all the best to you down in San Antonio. Once again, our show sponsors, we appreciate all the good work of PNC Bank. Make today the day. Ireland Contracting. Visit IrelandContracting.com. They are the title sponsor of the Sports Call every night on Pittsburgh CW. And Number One Cochrane, home of the Number One Cochrane Sports Showdown. Go one better with Number One Cochrane. 